Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 340. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm so glad you're here. I am chatting today with our good friend and pal, Mike Fritz from Power Up Real Estate. Mike is an investor, entrepreneur, business owner, speaker, so much more. So I'm excited to talk all things real estate with him today. Mike, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, Jacob, thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's so, such an honor to be here with you, my friend. Thank you so much. And you're doing some amazing work with your listeners. So I appreciate being a part of it. It's going to be a fun conversation today, Mike, before we roll all into it. Let's start with just telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, your background, all that good stuff. All right. Fantastic. So I'll give it pretty quick. So currently, for the last 10 years, I've been traveling the country as a full-time speaker in March of this year, when the COVID hit uh, the United States, my speaking industry kind of came to a halt. And uh, I launched Power Up Real Estate in March of 2020 to really help people start investing in real estate. So that's currently what I've been doing for about the last decade. To back up a little bit before that, I got married. I married my high school sweetheart. I uh, We actually met in sixth grade. And so I've known my wife a very, very long time. We've been married uh, 19 years this year. And so she's a huge part of my life. And so that is really my background of what I do. My passion is real estate, helping people create financial freedom. Because one of the things, the biggest thing I hear people complain about is time. And the reason what robs most of their time is having to generate money to live. And so I would like to help people. And this is what I love about your show. You're helping people create financial freedom. So yeah, my story is kind of unique and different. I mean, I didn't go to college. I'm right out of high school. I didn't go to college. But age 24, I went back to college actually to be a pastor. And I went back to college at age 24 to be a pastor and then got my master's in divinity at, at a, and graduated age 28 and then really started investing in real estate about eight years ago at age 32. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the story, Mike. And uh, just a shout out to your YouTube channel. I was surfing around there this morning at Power Up Real Estate. Great videos you're putting out there. I know it's a relatively new channel, but I'm looking forward to all the upcoming videos you've got planned. Something I love about what you talk about is you don't get bogged down in all the you know real estate nuts and bolts. It's not like real estate, the brick and mortar is not your passion, but it's what real estate can do for you. You're very family oriented and you want to see people be able to enjoy the life that they design for themselves. And the best vehicle you and I both know for that is investing in real estate. So I love that that's kind of where you come from with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think people, you know, I mean, imagine most people don't design their life. And what that means is sit down and what do you want Monday at 2.30 to look like. Like if you want to be traveling and work from an RV, then we just have to pick a system that gets you to your RV. If you want to be on a, on a lake somewhere and have a pontoon boat where you can go out and hang out with friends in the evenings, 
We need to design a life that affords you the opportunity to do that. One of the biggest differences between people that remain poor or unwealthy, if you will, and the wealthy, most people think it's just, you know, some people have opportunities that others don't. That is, but most of it is mindset. It's most of it of like, most people don't know. A lot of people that grow up poor, they are not afforded the opportunity to say, what do you want your life to look like? There are actions you can take to do that. And I just want to provide people with that opportunity to say, doesn't matter how you grew up, the actions to success are the same for the quote unquote affluent or the quote unquote non-affluent. And I want to provide people the opportunity to live life on their terms and according to their own design. The tagline of this podcast is engineer the lifestyle you want. I sign off with that phrase every episode. So, you know, that resonates so much with the audience members and myself alike. And what I really like that you're doing is, you know, you're helping people kind of engineer that lifestyle they want, whether it's, you know, like you say, hanging out at the lake on their pontoon boat or traveling the country in their RV or living a very luxurious lifestyle or anything in between people, you know, first and foremost should figure out how they want to live their lives and then reverse engineer from there and just build it and do it. I think that starts with the mindset and just knowing that it is possible, right? Because if you go along in life for long enough, you're going to kind of get beat up and through the washing machine, if you will. And you think you have to conform to, you know, what everybody else is doing at what phase in their life, right? Twenties, you know, you're going to school and then getting a job. Thirties, you're, you know, starting a family. Forties, you're kind of growing, you know, that kind of thing. But knowing that you can engineer and do whatever kind of things in life you want starts with that mindset. And I love that's what you talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. M- mindset is the foundation, right? And I love what I love what your show stands for is that life engineer, because you know, life will either happen to you or from you. And it's your decision. It will either, you will either respond to life or you will create life. Now, always things will happen that you need to respond well to, but those responses come from that design, right? If you don't have a blueprint, if I, if I told you, hey, I want you to build me a house and I gave you no blueprint, there's no way for me to build that house for you. And it's the same way in this world. You have to think about this world as an entity. The world can't give you the life you want without you giving it a blueprint. And when you give the world, whether that's your network or the relationships or whatever you believe in, when you give that world a blueprint, says, this is where I'm heading, this is what I want to do, all of a sudden, people and opportunities and relationships come into alignment that they can build that house or quote unquote, that life blueprint for you. But if you don't have a blueprint, how in the world are we going to expect to ever get it? I love that. That's such an interesting perspective. Like you can have whatever it is you want in life. You just have to design it and you have to put it out there in the universe, if you will, right? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Because again, a lot of people are, they're frustrated with not having the life they've never designed. And they're frustrated. Mad at that, right? Exactly. I'm like, dude, you can't be mad if you've never really designed that life. I can't be mad that I don't have a hundred units if I've never built a network and process to get a hundred units. And so for me, it's like, dude, if you want that life, you design it. And I'm talking down to the specifics. The car you drive, people say, what kind of car do you want to drive? Uh, Not what kind of car, what kind of car, make, model, color, interior, everything. Because here's the thing, what do you really want your life to look like? My wife and I are getting ready. We are currently from Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, we both hate the snow. And now it doesn't snow a ton in Cincinnati, (laughs) but it snows enough for me to want to get out. And so we are currently awaiting to hear back of an offer we made in Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to move out to Phoenix because here's the deal. 
the design of our life doesn't have white stuff falling from the sky. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I mean, my blueprint nowhere in the world tells me I want to ever be cold. (laughs) I want to (laughs) play golf 380 days a year. That's what I want to do. But I'm telling you that because the design decides decisions. So if I have my life designed, if I have the design of what I want, it will dictate decision. It'll tell me what decisions to make. Well, if this is the design you want, if you want a life like this, here's the decisions you need to make. Without that design, I have a hard situation. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, right? But if I've got that blueprint, I'm like, oh, you know what? I say that I want to have more time with my family, then I need to do this, 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 and this and be more productive in my day so my evenings are free to see it dictates decision. If I want a lake house, okay, you know what? Maybe I need to live in a more conservative house now and I need to save money and I need to invest money and I need to live like no one else so later I can live like no one else. Maybe I need to live a little bit more frugal now so I'm sitting on the lake as a, as on my lake house later. See, design dictates decision. Gosh, yeah, I absolutely love it. Mike, if this is a new concept to somebody listening in right now and they haven't quite made that switch, a flip of a switch in their mind, it might sound a little wishy-washy like, Mike, you're telling me I can just design any life I want and put it out in the universe. And it sounds a little kind of hokey pokey, right? But you've been able to do this in your own life through investing in real estate. And there's just so many ways to do real estate investing as you and I both know, but this is something you can absolutely do. And it just starts with that mindset. Absolutely. You know, if somebody's starting off, I would take a piece of paper, I would draw three columns and I would put health, wealth, relationships. That's all I would do. I would break it into three columns and I would say, what do you want your health to be? Because here's the deal. No design without health will ever be able to be achieved because the quality of our life is subservient to our health, right? It has to be. Yeah. So you have to be, I mean, that's why I talk a lot about health and exercise and eating healthy because it's so important to take care of your body because you can only experience what your body tells you you can, right? And so what health do you want? Do you want a certain body fat percentage? Do you want to have a beach body where you can go out and feel good with it? you know, in, in, in a, in a swimsuit kind of thing. So health, wealth, where do you want to be? How much passive revenue? I define wealth as passive revenue per month. So how much passive revenue a month will matter to me? And so I have in my goal system, what I call a freedom number and my freedom number is expense times two. And so if, what does it take to run my life with entertainment and then plus entertainment, all my expenses, let's say that's, you know, seven grand a month. I don't know what it is for Mm -hmm. you, but whatever that number is, let's say expenses, that's mortgage, cars, kids, everything is seven grand a month. Okay. Then I need 14,000 a month to hit my freedom number. And that means I can retire today and live however I want. So then the question is, well, if it's 14 grand a month, how many real estate deals do I need to accomplish to get $14,000 a month? So then my wealth column of that piece of paper just lays out some actions to get to that $14,000 a month. My health, lays out the actions to get to my current goal is 17% body fat. So my current goals say, okay, you need to do this, 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 and this to get to 17%. My relationship, my relationship, my wife is very, 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 very important to me and my relationship with God. So to me, I lay out a couple things that are going to help me get there. And so all you do is take out a piece of paper, health, wealth, relationships, the big three areas of life and lay out a little bit about what you want your life to look like. That's a place to start. I love that. So simple. I mean, you could do that right now if you're driving or running or whatever it is. Do that when you get home. Just take that simple exercise. Take a sheet of paper, three columns, health, wealth, relationships. Take a poll of where you're at. Take a poll of where you want to be. And just, you know, use that as a benchmark to start, you know, moving the needle towards where you want to be. And it's, you know, 
three most important pillars in your life, most likely. I love that. Absolutely. Mike, you touched on something I want to kind of dig into. That's the concept of retirement, right? You look at your freedom number as your expenses times two every month. And if you can build up enough passive income to achieve that number, you have essentially retired. Now, that could be if you're 23, 33, 43, 55, whatever that age is, it's not age dependent. The way many people look at retirement in a traditional sense is work for an employer, save up in a retirement account, save, 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 defer, 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 wait until you reach 65 and a half, and then you can start living life at that point. And then, okay, so I can kind of follow that mindset. But where I always struggled early on in my life was what's the point from there? Is the point A, to outlive your money or B, your money outlive you? Yeah. Neither option I could never wrap my head around and it just never made sense to me. And I love that your concept is to build a passive cash flow now. And whenever you achieve that freedom number, you have in since retired. Likely doesn't mean you're going to the beach and kicking up and drinking mojitos for the next 50 years because that would be boring as crazy as that Absolutely. sounds. <laughs> no way. That's a concept that some people have never heard of. Yeah, if you've ever read uh, Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, yeah. a lot of people read that book and come away with it like, is the goal then to just do everything so you have nothing to do? No, this comes back to this design of life, right? It's a, so the issue is to take money as an obstacle off the table so you can live your designed life. If you want to go and help whatever, whoever you want to help, whoever you want to impact, wherever you want to be, it's to make sure money's not an obstacle. That's the only thing, why, the, the reason we do that. So for me, a lot of people talk about outliving your money versus your money outliving you, right? And for me, I'm like, that's the problem with a pile of money. That's why I don't like retirement being a pile of money because a yes. pile of money goes away. I like it being an assets that produce money. I say this all the time. I don't know. Maybe you've heard this, Jacob. People I heard growing up, money doesn't grow on trees, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. Everybody hears that. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know what I say? Well, people that say money doesn't grow on trees have never owned multifamily real estate because for me, it grows every single month. Yeah. And so when people say, or, or single family, any buy and hold real estate, oh, money doesn't grow on trees. I'm like, well, mine sprouts a whole new rent portfolio every single month. It does and if you plant money trees. That's <laughs> exactly right. If you plant, if you invest it in money trees, quote unquote, that's exactly right. And for me, retirement is not about a number in the sense that a pile of cash, it's about a monthly number of revenue, of passive revenue. And that number, we've gotten to that number, but what we do is we keep investing it and investing it and investing it because we want to continue to grow it. But at any point, if I wanted that number to just remain the same, I just stop taking that excess and investing and just stop. Or I would sell a building and upscale one of our properties into more revenue or all kinds of other options. But my point in saying that is retirement, people have to stop thinking about retirement as a pile of cash. We have to start, start thinking about retirement as assets that produce cash, whether I'm working on them or not. That to me, that's retirement. Mike, I love that your, uh, your kind of philosophy and your approach is inherently, you're obviously an optimist. You see the good in people. And if you could just allow people to free up their own time to do the things that matter to them, whether that's you know whatever hobbies they want or whatever contributions they want to make to the world, what if you could just free, say up that single mother who is you know working two jobs to make ends meet and let her pursue her true passions? How much good in the world could she go do if she were able to do whatever she's good at and passionate about, but maybe isn't making ends meet to, you know, support her family or whatever that looks mm. like. like. If you That's, could do that on a grand scale, may, think of the dent you could make in this world. Oh man, it's, it's such a great point, Jacob, because you think about how many people get up and go to jobs they hate every day. 
Well, my friend, if you hate your job, that's a third of your life. You're a 33% guaranteed to hate your life. My friend, that's not acceptable. Do not do that. Don't accept jobs that aren't passion fulfilling to you. And there's a time we all, at some point or another, we all have had to just accept a job and do it for a time to make ends meet and pay bills. And we've all done that. And I'm not saying if you're in a job, you don't like quit today. That would be foolish. But I am saying that accepting that as the normal reality, oh, don't do that, please. Because I would, that single mom, she could invest in a property or find somebody to invest with her and all of a sudden replace that second job and invest in a couple more. And then now she's got excess money. She actually has money at the end of the month versus month at the end of the money. And she now she's like, wow, now I can actually take my kids out to eat a couple times this month and we can have a good experience. And what kind of value is that to a family? It's, you're not, see, that's the thing. It's not real estate. We're changing generations. That's what we're doing. Mike, I love that. Here's something I've thought of, and I want to get your take on it. You know, there's something to be said about doing something that you don't have to do, right? Or doing the same thing if you have to do it. If I said, Mike, you've got to go to the beach and spend eight hours a day for the next four months, after a (laughs) while, you'd be like, well, at least me anyways, I would start to resent that because I have to, even though pretty great gig, I would start to resent that. On the opposite of the spectrum, if I were going to my day job that I used to hypothetically hate, but only because I don't have to anymore, say I've got enough passive cash flow that I could quit if I wanted, but I go there because I like my environment or I like my coworkers or whatever. There's something to be said about doing something that you don't have to do. In other words, having the option. So I think that is really powerful. Absolutely. I think that's such a great, a great point is when we have to do that, it depletes it, right? And most people don't attach their work to mission. And here's the thing. Let me go back to this design because this design is everything, my friend. If that work doesn't fit into the the design of my life, I'll never be happy. And so, right, it's that design that you talk about. I mean, your whole podcast is about this, right? I mean, so if that design, if what you do isn't in some way attached. Now, if you can attach, wow, yeah, I'm an assistant to an accountant, right? Not as sexy as I'd like, but that job provides me the revenue to be with my kids and do this and it can attach to my life. Okay, great. Then now you've got that work attached to the design. But if it's unattached, you'll always come up empty and you're 100% right, man, when I have to do it and I'm told to do it day after day after day, it loses its appeal, right? Yeah, sure. It's almost like the perspective you have about it can really influence just like the outcome of that, right? Totally, totally, man. So true, so true. Well, let's kind of talk a little bit. We won't get in too much of the nuts and bolts of real estate because I really like talking about this mindset stuff and how you've been able to engineer the lifestyle you want, quote unquote, right? But talk about, you know, what your path into real estate looked like. You mentioned, you know, you had done speaking for a long time. You've been investing in real estate for a decade. What are you doing these days? And what's your real estate kind of life look like that's afforded you? this lifestyle that moved to Arizona on a whim. (laughs) I'm I'm excited. So yeah, that's, that's a good question. I grew up in a family of rental property owners. So my parents owned a home. Our home had this little, literally the house was like 500 square feet. It was a one little one bedroom house, 500 square feet um, that was on our property that they rented out and helped make our payment to our house when I grew up. So I watched my parents kind of own rental property. And then they bought these two, like these two single family homes, but they were right next to each other. So it was kind of a duplex on one property. Mm -hmm. And then they bought another duplex. And so they owned five or six units as I was growing up. I actually, I think only five, two duplexes and the single family bias. So five units. 
So I grew up watching rental property, but I grew up watching it the wrong way. I grew up watching people that did everything themselves, not entrepreneurial investing, which I later learned, which is why my parents had five units and not 50. And so anyway, because I mean, you can't do 50 units on your own really effectively. You know, I mean, you just can't fix everybody's toilet in town, right? But my, yeah. my parents, are, and my dad has one of those hearts where he loves people so much that he just loves to help people. And he's an HVAC guy. So everybody's furnace that breaks down in our family, he's running to. And he's just, he's just one of those guys. He's literally a servant heart. I mean, he's just an amazing dude. But anyway, and I watched the power of rental property. Rental property was a huge blessing to our family growing up, it was a huge, huge part of our lives. And I was really thankful. So when I got married, my wife and I moved into this little one, two bedroom apartment, $465 a month included our utilities. Awesome, right? This was 20, almost 20 years ago when I was uh, 20 years old. And right when we moved in, I was a builder. I had started a construction business at age 19 and I was building houses. And at 19, I went to my parents and asked them to help me get a loan. I said, would you help me get a loan to build a duplex for Leanne and I? That's my wife. They helped us get a loan. I built a duplex from scratch on nights and weekends. I did almost all the work myself. That is awesome. And uh, we moved into that duplex and lived for $100 a month because the other side paid most of all our bills. We lived for $100 a month in a brand new place. And so we built that duplex for $127,000 and two years later sold it for $184,000. And so I got my whistle wet for real estate very, very, very young because I grew up with it. But also my wife and I house hacked. If you've never heard that term, it's you buy couple units and you live in one, let everybody else pay your bills. And so we house hack our first couple years of marriage. And, and so I got my taste in real estate there. And then I took a break because I went to college to be a pastor. And so I, was, I took a break for about 10 years. I took a 10-year hiatus from real estate and then didn't really start reinvesting until 32. We bought another duplex and we house hacked. We bought a duplex, didn't build it this time, bought it because the market was really, really down. We bought it in 2010 or 11. And so we bought that and we lived in half and we lived for maybe a little bit, maybe not even any money on this time. Yeah, eight, nine. Yeah, it was pretty much paid for other than repairs. If anything had to be fixed, it had to come out of our pocket, but we paid for that. We still own that duplex today, by the way. And so I uh, lived in half and rented the in-house hacked. And then another one of my family members got in tax trouble and their, one of their duplexes was going to go, go back to taxes. And so they sold it to us on, for just the money they owed in taxes. And so we bought that property and that property has been a blessing seven times over. And so, yeah, it was very kind of unorthodox and herky-jerky, if you will, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of, and then all the way up to today, we're doing a lot bigger deals today. And so, yeah, we're mainly multifamily. I like like multifamily versus single family, although we do, we have a flipping business in mid-Michigan that we have a team there that constantly flips houses. So I don't do any of the work. We just fund it and run the business side of things. And so they find them and flip them. And so we have that business as well. But passive multifamily is our real, real passion. I love it. That house hacking strategy is just a phenomenal way to start investing in real estate. So easy for many people to do. To the audience members, if you recall, Christian Montalvo, a previous guest and her husband, Cameron, that's how they got their start. Jeff and Taylor Adams, recent guests on the show, that's how they got their start. Diego Corzo, my buddy over in Austin. That's how he got his start. So this is a very easy, well, easy is probably a terrible word to use, replicable, (laughs) doable path to getting started investing in real estate. And Mike, you guys have obviously done it and it's led you to where you are today. Yeah, it's such a good strategy. 
one of the more nuts and bolts practical reasons it's a good strategy is because if you're moving into it, you can leverage an FHA loan and only get into it with three and a half percent down as long as your credit score is above 640. So if your credit score is above 640, you can get into a $100,000 duplex for 3,500 bucks. So that's what we did. The duplex was a hundred grand. We put 3,500 bucks down. So I say that the nuts and bolts of the practical reason is because you can leverage FHA financing, which you have to reside in an FHA loan, or at least have the intention to reside. And so you can leverage one of the best loan programs in the country by house hacking. That's worth repeating. It's Mike, it's surprising to me how many people aren't aware of that FHA loan, especially people outside of the real estate circles. Most people listening to this podcast have probably heard of that FHA loan, but just to reiterate, it's a three and a half percent down payment. So for every hundred thousand dollars of property you buy, you only have to put down thirty five hundred dollars. Such a low price point, low barrier of entry for those people who are looking to get started investing in real estate. Because we talked, Mike, that hurdle of you know saving up capital is what prevents so many people from ever getting started investing so in real true. estate. So that so really true. decreases the barrier of entry. You've done it. I've wanted to do it many times. I've tried to make that strategy work, but it just, you know, in Houston, Texas, it's not uh, working for me. But uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. It's a good strategy to get started, you know, and some people that tell me, I want to get into real estate, but they're not willing to do house hacking. You don't have to house hack to get into real estate. Obviously, Jacob is crushing it with real estate. You don't have to, but it's a good way to do it just to get that first deal under your belt. Because what you can do, because here's the cool thing with the FHA loan. You can get into a rental property, cash flowing rental property for three and a half percent down. You can move out of that and that stays in place. So if you want to go back to a single family residence or go to a single family residence, you can go get, just get a traditional mortgage on that single family residence and that three and a half percent that stays in place. So you just have to live in it. You don't have to live in it forever. So you can move out of that thing in six months if you want to. And so I'm uh, not that people want to move that fast, but I'm just saying that it's not a strategy that you have to like, oh man, I don't want to live in a smaller duplex forever. Dude, you have to live there for a few months and then you can move. And so that's why it's such a powerful strategy to house hack because it's a way to start, right? Yeah. You talked about this on a previous episode, Mike, but you said live like no one now so you can live like no one else in the future. I love that. Yeah. That's a borrowed quote from Dave Ramsey. He always says, live like no one else so you can live like no one else. And he's always saying that from a debt perspective. Don't get into a bunch of debt with cars and fancy stuff now and living outside of the money you actually make, but instead uh, live like no one else. And so we were willing to do that. We've house hacked a lot of different times. And now we don't have kids. And I understand if you have kids, maybe that's a little bit more uh, strenuous or difficult and understand that, get a little bit bigger place, right? I mean, that property I talked about, we got on back text with a three-bedroom duplex. And so get a three-bedroom duplex and you know you at least have some bedrooms for kids unless you have a really big family. But my point in saying that is, what are you willing to do to get into it, right? And I just think it's such a, such a powerful way. So living like no one else means, you know what? You don't need to drive a Ferrari today. Just wait till the passive revenue can pay for it without stress. You don't need to do that. We don't need to live like... Now, I do think there are wealthy decisions we need to make that maybe that build our mindset. So one of the reasons why my wife and I moving to Arizona and we're upgrading our lifestyle is we want to upgrade our mindset. I want to you know, when I come home, I want my mindset to be like, this is the home that a successful person lives in, right? And so you want to make sure that there's a balance between living in your means and stretching your mindset. But stretching your mindset doesn't mean spending money you don't have. Stretching your mindset is still living within your means. It's just stretching to what you're used to doing. And so I say that to say, 
a lot of us could live on less. You know, sure. I mean, most people don't understand. Do you know you can cut $150 a month by just saying no to cable for, you know, a year or two? The thing is, most things aren't on TV aren't that good anyway. And so, but my point in saying that is you can say no to cable, say no to some of the luxuries so that you can have more money to invest in real estate. Then you can, you don't have to worry about the cable bill, right? <laughs> this is an interesting thing that I see real estate investors struggle with, Mike, and I struggle with it myself. And that's the concept of, you know, real estate investors invest in real estate. They tend to have this abundance mindset, this, you know, this kind of expansive mindset, if you will. But at the same time, they're constantly scrimping and saving to invest in that next deal. They're constantly deferring and deferring. So it's like sometimes they're not exactly practicing what they're preaching with this abundance mindset. I do it myself. I drive an old pickup truck that's worth way less than most people would assume I could afford. And you know, it's like, okay, why am I doing that? Well, I want to live below my means so I can have discretionary income to continue to invest. But at the same time, am I really living to my means? Am I really enjoying the life? I should be, you know, so it's kind of a struggle and I don't have it figured out. No. And you know what, Jacob, I'm going to just tell you right now, neither do I. I was on the phone the other day with a friend of mine who's a very successful businessman. And I was actually running this by him. I'm like, you know, man, where do you draw that line between investing all of your cash and not investing your cash? And this is one of the things he told me. And he's a physical therapist in Denver, has 13 practices in Denver, and he's very, very, very successful. And he said, you know, here's the deal. He said, when you're spending your investment money on yourself, you want to make sure you're spending that money on things that up-level your mindset because that is an investment because it will create more cash. And so if it's a house, okay, maybe you don't get the, the house that you want to live in long-term, but upgrade it a little bit because you upgrade it and watch your income always matches and your income always comes to that level. So living, and this is, so I don't have this figured out either. And so, cause we're always investing everything that we make as well. And this is, we're in the middle of that transition saying, okay, you know what? It's time to start enjoying some of this. And because here's the deal. When you learn to raise private money, you don't have to always invest your own cash, right? And so mm -hmm. you can go out and find private money partners and live on some of the benefit of your investment. But I think, I say live like no one else. I think personally, I lived like no one else for too long. Uh, and I don't regret that at all. I'm not, you know, that's not a regret, but I'm just saying for me personally, looking back, I think I lived like that for too long. And there's no telling what would have happened to my revenue or mindset had I not done that. I, I can't give you that data, but I can tell you that I lived like it for too long. But yeah, there's a balance there, man. There's a real balance. That's a really good question and a good thing to dive into, especially in the life design concept. Yeah. That's a really good question, brother. <laughs> I can see, I've seen people on the very far end of that spectrum that are so worried about saving to invest one day that they won't make a small investment in themselves. Like, you know, they won't buy the $10 book on Amazon about, you know, real estate investing or whatever it is. It's like, well, you can't be so frugal as to not make that investment. But at the so same time, true, man. You probably can't justify buying the Ferrari because it's going to quote unquote upgrade your lifestyle at age 23, right? So exactly. No, that's a really good point because I'm, I will say this, the actual best investment you can make is actually not even into real estate. It's into yourself and mentorship because that's what will get you there. I would say that a way more lucrative investment is into a mentor that can help you. That is, it's even better than real estate because investing in that mentor will be able to 10 actually real estate investments. And, um, and so I've invested in literally hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars in mentors over the year, literally in different coaches for different things, speaking and internet marketing and 
real estate, many in real estate and all that kind of stuff. And so over the years invested hundreds of thousands of dollars because every time I invest, two things happen. One, the mentor shifts my mindset, helps, and I get around his coaching clients and that builds a whole new network. Most of my network now that's high value network, I've met through coaching programs I've been in in mentors. So investing in yourself, if you're saying, you know, I, I just can't invest in myself, I want to invest in real estate. Bad mistake, man. Bad mistake. Yeah. Totally. Let's point. talk about the power of that. Investing in yourself, investing in your education through mentorships, through coaching programs. That's actually how you and I came across each other initially. I believe it's through our good pal. I'd be remiss if I didn't name <laughs> drop him. Vinny Chopra. Vinny Chopra, man. man. Yeah, yeah. So you and I are both connected with Vinny. We, we connect every week and talk with mm -hmm. him. Such a great, humble, super successful oh, guy. Amazing guy. We can't say enough about him. But no, he's such how, a good guy. He's just so genuine. Just love. I love his heart. I love his person. I love his team. Yeah. I just love what he's built. He's just such a good man. Yeah. So that's how you and I met actually is through, yeah. through Vinny's uh, circle and a uh, coaching program. And yeah, that's just one example of how you know, you've made a connection through a coaching program like that, through a mentorship program. And that's kind of, you know, you're getting around people who are elevating your mindset, who are doing what you want to do, who are where you want to be in 5, 10, 20 years down the road. And so that investment pays these intangible dividends of, you know, of leveling up your mindset more so than, you know, going out and buying that first house. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Mentorship is the greatest investment because, you know, a person without a mentor, we talk a lot about making that jump into real estate. What makes that jump? easier is having a mentor that can help guide you through that process, right? And so, yeah, mentorship is, in my opinion, it's the greatest investment I've ever made because it's into myself. Because, you know, to invest in a mentor, it takes a little bit of self-confidence, right? I mean, it takes, I'm worth investing in. Some people are still struggling with that limiting belief. Am I worth spending $10,000 on a coach? Wow, $10,000? You know how much real estate that could, I could put that as a down payment? I understand that. And, I, and believe me, I've been there in that thought process. But what could that $10,000 do if you meet three money partners and you are all of a sudden you have $500,000 to invest? Big difference, right? And so that's why it's really, and to your point, Jacob, we're doing this podcast because of a mentor. We have now, we've both expanded our network, me with you, you with me, because of a mentor and a coaching program. And so I think that you just got to get in one, man. It's Absolutely. Just, it's a must. I completely agree. Sometimes people look at it like, oh, you're an adult and you have a coach for whatever it is you're doing. They look at that kind of weird. But if you look at what we do just as people, I mean, we're pretty goofy people across the board. But you know, <laughs> yeah, if, our, if our daughter is four years old and playing soccer and can barely walk, we're still hiring a coach to teach her soccer. And you know, this is completely recreational and probably for the adults and entertainment purposes more so than hers, right? <laughs> Definitely. All the way to professional athletes, obviously they're investing in themselves and they've got coaches. So what makes you any different? What makes you as an adult who's trying to undertake some aggressive activity or, you know, expand your means or whatever that is, what makes you think that you don't need someone in your exactly. corner helping you along? So true. Michael Jordan said one time, the, the thing that the reason I won six rings, and of course, when he's about to say something like that, everybody's leaning in, like, what the heck is Michael Jordan about to say? Is he said because of Phil Jackson? And he talked about how my coach, he says, I have to have a good coach. And now when the best basketball player literally on the planet is saying, I need a coach, I'm thinking we all need coaches. Because he's like, when I'm in the game and uh, you know, he says, I might, I might be dribbling up the court and every time I go left, I first juke right. Well, I don't see that subconsciously. I just do it. Well, a coach can see that. 
and defenders are picking up on that. So they say, no, every time that I go this way. So, you know, he would tell me, you know, hey, man, every time you're going left, you're dribbling with your right hand. If you're going right, you're dribbling with your left hand. Let's switch that up. Take your left hand and go left and watch the defender be on the backside. So the whole point is a coach sees that stuff that he doesn't see. Well, if the greatest basketball player on the planet is saying, I need a coach, I'm thinking, I need a coach. I'm thinking I need a coach. Even in so again, he's the greatest basketball player. Now, do you think Phil Jackson could beat Michael Jordan one on one? I don't think so. <laughs> but what I do think is when a good coach can at the greatest person in the world needs a coach, we need a coach because the coaches see what we can't see. And the greatest thing they help us with is our jacked up mindset that most of the time is negative based on our experiences. Honestly, watching the news, all the bad news we hear our mindset gets dirtied up and we need somebody to clean it out a little bit and start restructuring the furniture. And there's all kinds of uh, kind of levels of having this coach, right? I mean, your four-year-old's not going to Phil Jackson's basketball <laughs> right. camp, right? But at the same time, they've got some level of coaching, just like you can have some level of coaching. Audience members checking into this podcast right now or, you know, are listening to what you have to say, Mike. Absolutely. You know, people are picking up books by authors, listening to what they have to say. So you can have these coaches and people who you've never met that you learn from through books, podcasts, formal, informal coaching programs, et cetera. And I know you're actually doing a little bit about that. So tell us how you've kind of flipped the switch and you're, you know, being the coach as you are being coached in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I continued to hire mentors and invest in real estate. And then sooner or later, I was posting some deals on Facebook. And so people were reaching out, hey, how'd you get into real estate? How do you do this? And how do you do this? And I'm thinking, you know, I know enough to help people. And I started talking to some of my mentors about it. And they're like, why don't you develop a coaching program? Why don't you put something together? And so I looked back over my journey. And when I hired a coach, it took me 10, took me 71 days to put a property under contract after hiring a mentor in a That's certain- impressive a certain multifamily space. Well, thank you very much. But I only say that to say, I just, what I did is I created a 10 week coaching program and basically laid out my steps. Here's what I did. So my coaching program lays out exactly what I did in 10 weeks to get a property under contract. So all I do, it's called the 10 week multi challenge, 10 week multi.com. But the whole point in that program is just saying, Hey, you're here. I'm going to help you get a piece of property under contract in 10 weeks. And so I just try to model it after me. But believe me, even putting this together, I had tons of coaches helping me. I have coaches right now helping me. <laughs> and so because I'm not foolish enough to think that I don't need coaches either. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show that like, you know, with this 10 week process, you know, you can go from zero starting out, literally know nothing about real estate. 10 weeks later, you could plausibly have a property under contract. Now that's when the fun part begins. But, you know, from that zero to one phase, just breaking it down to little actionable steps week by week, next step, learn this, do the next thing, check that box, you know? So, and you can take that approach with anything, buying your first hundred unit apartment complex or buying your first single family property. It's kind of all the same. It just break those into little steps, right? Absolutely. That's what a coach does, right? He breaks big, big goals into little steps. Like here's what you do first, second, third, fourth, right? I mean, if you want to knock down that hundred unit building, knock a building that's $10 million, well, $100,000 a door, if you're going to do that, you're going to need, okay, you're going to need about 30, probably 3.5 million to get into that deal, maybe 3.8 million to get into that deal. So now you have to raise money. Well, a real coach can say, here's what you do. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, you need to build this and you need to do this. And they can break big things into small steps. And that's really what mentors do. And if you're not coaching with somebody, you're making a mistake because there's so much value. In it. And you know, Jacob, I mean, you're a young guy, dude, and you're investing in coaching, right? And so let me tell you, 
I've gotten into a lot of these coaching programs and you and I know from the one we're in together, think about a lot of people think, well, you know, coaching, yeah, if you're young, that makes sense. There's a lot of people in there that are 60. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm so impressed by those people too. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Because they're not just saying, well, I'm kind of on the on the quote unquote golden years. I'm on the backside of life. No, no, no. I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping. Now that is impressive to me. It's so awesome. Coaching isn't something for the young. It's something for the everybody. I love it. Yeah. Well, Mike, hey, we could talk for hours about every day, buddy. You got that mindset and real estate and stuff. It's what you love to do. It's what I love to do. But we'll go ahead and start wrapping up. We end Absolutely. every episode with a lightning round, just a series of questions we fire at our guests. I'm sure you're up for it. Let's do it. All right. First question is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what'd you do to overcome that? Yeah, good question. So my biggest hurdle was capital. And my biggest hurdle was just finding money because I was an entrepreneur. And so I had no money with the bank. So the bank looked at my tax returns and I literally was claiming you know, $20,000 a year. Well, no bank's giving you a good loans on that kind of revenue. And so, right. And so I wasn't making very much money. So the way I overcame that is I targeted and I really looked for seller financing deals. I looked for seller financing deals where I didn't need bank power. And I had a little bit of cash, not much, I had very little. So I looked for seller financing, low money down deals that could generate cash for me. I mean, that's really what stopped me in the way I at least could keep going. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love it. Well, Mike, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? Ooh, I have a couple. So there's a couple of them. One is meditation. I do meditation in the morning, all kinds of different meditation, abundance meditation, just continually. My whole point of meditation is not some woo-woo thing. It's me fixing my mind on that design that we talked about at the beginning of the show. It's fixing my mind. And each day I try to, sometimes I focus on one specific part of that life design, maybe my health or my wealth or my relationships. But the whole point is I want to bring that design into a reality. And so what I do, I'm taking after Dr. Joe Dispenza's trainings, is I try to literally in my meditations project myself as though I'm there. And so I try to create the emotions of what it would be to actually have that life that I'm heading for and I'm chasing. So meditation and exercise is really, 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 really important to me. Those are yeah. the two, two habits I would say that start my day. I do that before I go to work. Sometimes I check emails beforehand, which I shouldn't. I, I need to break that habit. But those are my two habits that I would say are, are really, really important. And you notice none of them are finding deals or finding money. None yeah, of them absolutely. are real estate. All of them are trying to fix this and fix my mind, heart, body connection. You know, Mike, do you have an online resource you find valuable in your day-to-day? Ooh, that's a great question. So online resource, so different kinds of online resources. Like for mindset, I really like Ed Milet. Ed Milet has some great mindset training, in my opinion. Fantastic. For online real estate training, if you just want some nuts and bolts, Bigger Pockets has a really, really strong online resource of both sure. like almost like a social media platform for real estate investors, all the way to, of course, their trainings, their YouTube channels and podcasts are are really strong. And so Depending on what you're trying to do, it would depend on what online resource, but real estate, that's a good one in mindset. Ed does a lot of really good mindset training. Sure. Well, Mike, do you have a book you'd recommend to the audience members and why? Yeah. So the book that actually, it transformed my life. Of course, Rich Dad Poor Dad was a big one, but I'm actually going to give a different one called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by T. Harvecker. And he gave, there's two sections to it. One, it's kind of the intro. 
And then he gives 17 secrets of being wealthy. In that book, he talks about how your finances is your life reflects your financial blueprint. So you can never make more money than the blueprint in your mind. You wonder why billionaires can lose all their money and have it back in a couple of years because their blueprint is set to billionaire status. And our blueprint is set to something and our life can't go past that. And he trains how to break that blueprint and reshift that so your life can reflect a greater wealth blueprint. And so that book has had a lot of impact on me. I was reading every year. I don't think I've read it this year, but I've read that book a couple times, even if you just go through the 17 secrets, but really good book. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've picked that one up. I'm going to have to circle back to that one and uh, great book, it man. for sure. Oh, great book. T. Harvecker, was a, he's a mogul in that space, does a really good book on that. We'll link that book in the show notes. That's Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker for the audience members to pick up if they want to. Mike, last question in our lightning round. If you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what would you tell 20-year-old Mike? So focus, I was uh, listening to Gary Ryan Blair, who has a 100-day get results challenge, uh, this thing he does online. And I went through his challenge and he said, focus, uh, the acronym for focus is follow one course until successful, right? And so if I went back to my 20-year-old self, I would say, do not 10 things, do one thing 10 times. I would say, pick, if you want to be in real estate, then every day be finding deals and finding money partners or whatever you need to do. So focus in a single direction rather than split directions because a hammer that hits one nail will always drive it further than a hammer that's hitting 10 nails. Yeah. Um, and most of the time you miss most of the nails. Um, <laughs> and so, so I would say focus, really hone in on a thing and do it. I love it. Mike, hey, it's been an awesome conversation. If people want to continue the conversation, learn more about what you're doing, connect with you, check you out. Where's the best place for them to do so? Absolutely. So you can always uh, connect with me on Facebook, but I actually have a 29-minute training that I'd love to give people. And that's at 10weekmulti.com, 10weekmulti.com. And that goes into a training and that'll just walk you through some of the real estate stuff that we do. And then uh, you can, again, connect with me on Facebook or even email me at mike at powerupprealestate.com. Awesome. Yeah. And you're obviously no stranger to the mic. You have a YouTube channel, a podcast yourself, putting out great content, like three to five pieces of content a week you're pushing out. Great stuff there. So that's your YouTube channel is Power Up Real Estate. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Go connect with me on YouTube, Power Up Real Estate. We put a brand new video out every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and a podcast every Wednesday, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, three pieces of content go out every week to continue to building awareness around the financial world and real estate. Awesome. Mike, hey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun having you on. Look forward to having you back on in the future. Oh, thank you so much, Jacob. And again, everybody, let's take some action. It's been an honor to truly be uh, on this show, Jacob. You do an amazing job with your listeners. So thank you for the great you're doing in the world, my friend. Thanks so much, Mike. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, that wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Mike Fritz. Hey, I hope you got so much value from that episode and that conversation. If you want to learn more about any of the resources we mentioned in the show notes or connect with Mike further, you can find all of those details in the show notes. This week's podcast is brought to you by Ayers Acquisitions. Ayers Acquisitions is a real estate investment company that acquires cash flowing real estate in emerging markets. 
With a focus on multifamily investments, we seek value-add opportunities in recession-resistant markets and properties that generate strong returns for our qualified investors. To learn more about our investment strategies and processes, you can visit www.airsacquisitions.com. From there, you can schedule a call with me personally to connect further. As always, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.